Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Russ Menelastis. I'm a board-certified sports physical therapist and strength coach who focuses on the golf athlete. This podcast is dedicated towards helping you stay healthy so you can stay on the golf course and not in the clubhouse. Are you someone who's currently dealing with an injury from golf? Are you struggling to hit the ball further and more consistently? Well, on this podcast, we cover all things golf, from fitness, performance, injury recovery, and everything else in between. Our goal is to help you play your best golf yet without limitations. If you want to work directly with us, we are currently running a special on our pain-free golf performance programs. Use the word podcast when inquiring about how we can help. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Doc Russ. So we are going over the key topic that I think a lot of people have a tendency to underutilize and overlook, and that's recovery. So, you know, I think a lot of times when it comes to golfers and um, playing multiple rounds in a short time frame, you know, we all want to play more golf. We all want to hit more balls and that's great. But how you recover from that becomes even more, uh, I think, more fundamentally key to make sure that you can kind of hone that in to make sure you can kind of play golf for an extended amount of time. So, you know, this podcast episode, it was not going to be about you know, the next latest and greatest kind of recovery tool, recovery modality. We're not going to talk about percussion guns here. We're, going to, we're not going to talk about foam rollers. We're not going to talk about compression sleeves or anything like that. We're going to talk about the, the, the big rocks that I think a lot, a lot of people have a tendency to overlook with regards to recovery. And that's our big three pillars that we talk about a lot with our golfers. And that's sleep, that's nutrition, and that's hydration, right? Now, we're not going to speak on uh, a lot of things in length or in detail with regards to that. We're going to give you some basic recommendations as to what we kind of tell our golfers. And if you want more information on certain things like nutrition or hydration or you know sleep things or sleep strategies, then we can absolutely kind of point you in the right direction there. But I think the important part is we all want the next latest and greatest um, recovery tool. And the, the thing that's out on the market, you know, I think the, the problem we see a lot of times in the recovery realm is that there's so many things on the market, much like golf. Like when you talk about golf aids and all these different things that are out there, there's so many things out there that it can be overwhelming to figure out what makes the most sense for you. And so I think sometimes filtering through the noise can be challenging. And so you have a tendency to default to, hey, I'm going to use a formal, I'm going to use a gun, a percussion gun. We're going to use these recovery boots. And, you know, that sounds all great, but maybe if we kind of focus on the big three, right, sleep, hydration, nutrition, then maybe we don't need to spend that uh, extra time uh, on foam rolling. We can kind of just get right into, let's say, playing golf, or maybe we don't need to do so much soft tissue recovery work or anything like that. We actually have to kind of just focus on playing golf and getting warmed up and ready to go. So, you know, I think the, the first thing we're going to talk about is sleep. I think sleep is something we all know we need more of, but yet we still struggle to get enough of it. And so, you know, our general recommendation when it comes to sleep is around seven to nine hours of sleep. Um, and I'm myself very guilty of this. I don't, I don't get nearly as much sleep as I, sh- as I should. I think uh, society and, and a lot of people now feel like when you are, you know, working, working, working on the grind all the time, you're getting four or five hours of sleep. That's actually celebrated when in actuality, we know that significantly increases the likelihood of you getting hurt, right? Especially like we see a lot of our younger golfers that are maybe spending too much time on screens and and not ramping down and only getting about four to six hours of sleep at night. Um, They're stressed. You got all these tests to deal with. They got, you know, life in general to deal with, you know, that becomes more challenging. And let's talk about the, the busy professional, right? Like, you know, when we're talking about a person who's working nine to five and has got a family and has all these different responsibilities and then wants to go out and play golf, maybe they're not ready to do that yet. And they're not getting the sleep they need that ultimately 
shows on the course, right, from a performance standpoint. And so I think, you know, the important part when it comes to sleep and the thing that we always kind of harp on when it comes to talking to our golfers about sleep is, one, do you have a actual sleep routine? Okay. And so what I mean by that is you have actually some structures and some consistency when it comes to what your, your sleep routine looks like. Are you a person that sleeps with your phone uh, at your bedside table? Are you someone that scrolls their phone right before bedtime? Like, are you actually able to ramp down both physically and emotionally so that you're not just constantly having your mind run about the next thing that you need to worry about or the things in planning for the next day already? So, you know, I definitely think finding a routine becomes important, whether that's, you know, maybe doing some mindfulness and meditation whether that's doing some basic mobility work. Some people even just like to exercise before they go to bed because they feel it helps to kind of calm down a little bit and reduce some of the stress from the day. And so I think the, the important part is put some screen time away, dedicate, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes, you know, maybe 20 to 30 minutes before you go to bed, put your screens away, right? Um, I think a lot of times when you're exposed to screens and you're exposed to social media and all these different things, you got all these kind of different thoughts and opinions and, and things running through your head that you can't focus on trying to kind of get, you know, ready for bed. And when you're constantly running in that fight or flight mode all the time and your nervous system is kind of ramped up all the time, then your ability to then also kind of transition and, and turn the switch so that you can try and turn the switch off and go to bed becomes really, really challenging. So I definitely think the important part is to find a routine. Okay. You know, you know, the first, you know, like if you know, you're going to be in bed by 10 o'clock at nine 30, start to try and kind of shut things down, put your screen time away, put on, do not disturb, maybe do a little bit of mindfulness meditation and then see how best you can kind of do. And if that structure works for you, then stick with it, right? If that doesn't work for you, then you got to find what works best for you. I think that's the important part is not everything that we recommend here is going to work for everyone, but for some people, it actually might help. So I think the important part is figuring out what that routine looks like, right? Playing around with some different structures or different routines, seeing what sticks and then being consistent with it. Because I think a lot of times we have a tendency to kind of fall, you know, we, we kind of fall into the trap of doing things for a couple of days. And then all of a sudden we revert back to our normal ways. That's just a normal human habit. Right. And so, you know, with regards to sleep, nutrition or hydration, this is all going to kind of be in the same realm where, you know, you need to be consistent with being able to kind of do this day in and day out to make sure that it can be consistent and you can find some structure there. I think that's the important part. Um, next, we're going to talk about nutrition. We're not going to get too deep in the weeds here, but I think ultimately when we talk about nutrition, we talk about a balanced diet. Um, I think so many people, our athletes, our golfers, just don't get enough fruits and vegetables throughout the day, right? And that whole idea of strive for five, some people are even getting that. And, you know, I think, you know, that's the low-hanging fruit. If you need a more well-balanced meal where you can have a good balance of carbohydrates, fats, proteins, maybe a little more protein if you, let's say, trained or, or walked 18 or walked 36, then absolutely, that's, that's absolutely okay with that. But I think the important part is we're just not getting enough good, solid nutrition, good whole foods instead of processed foods, fast foods, things like that, where we know it can make you sluggish, right? And I think a lot of times too, when we talk about on-course nutrition, if you're playing and not eating anything on the golf course, then I think that could be a detriment as well, right? We have to think about all the other factors that we're dealing with, like humidity, heat, weather, um, whether you're walking or playing or, or driving a car, like all this stuff matters. And so for those that maybe don't spend a lot of time on nutrition on the course, usually what I recommend is, you know, spend like every three or four holes, just eat a little something, whether that's trail mix, whether that's PB&J, which I know is pretty popular, and Anything that you have available to you, I think spending a little bit of time, spending, you know, again, utilizing, uh, you know, 
a little bit of energy throughout the day, or even just to make sure you can perform, at, especially as the round goes on, right? I think a lot of times energy starts to kind of wane a little bit once you get to the back nine. And, and ultimately, you know, when you start to kind of wane, what are you doing to, or what are you relying on other than just trying to kind of gut it out? And so um, on the flip side, I would definitely not recommend like grabbing a double bacon cheeseburger at the turn and hopefully that you're, that's going to improve your golf game. Uh, in some in some cases it might, in most cases it's not. You're going to feel sluggish. And again, depending on other factors, that's going to really kind of weigh you down. So I definitely think, you know, nutrition, it, it's a big topic. It's something that, you know, I think a lot of times we have a tendency to default to a lot of our dietitians and nutritionists that we feel really, really comfortable with working with and having our golfers work with. And so I think ultimately finding a balanced meal, you know, get a good balance, maybe a little bit more protein if you kind of worked out or trained a little bit more understanding what on-course nutrition and how it can absolutely enhance your performance on the golf course. I think that becomes really important. So if you're not doing anything on the course and eating a little something here and there, every couple holes, then maybe that's something that you should kind of look into and start to kind of pursue and see if that helps kind of change your performance on the course. But I think ultimately that becomes really important to make sure you can kind of tap in, hone in on that and ultimately get that under control. Cause if you're constantly just eating out day in and day out, then that ultimately is going to wreak some havoc on your ability to one recover, Right. Sustain, you know, let's say your ability to have higher energy levels in, in certain in certain aspects and certain day parts of the day. Um, and that's something that we want to make sure that we can kind of just have some sustained kind of good energy, clean food so that we can kind of make sure that our energy levels stay relatively really, really high. Um, and ultimately, too, you feel good, too. When you eat stuff that's maybe not the greatest, you kind of feel that. When you eat clean and eat healthy, like there's a there's a huge different change in your ability or of your mentality of how you're approaching just a day. At least that's just me as well. So, and then lastly, we're going to talk about hydration. I think much like sleep, we know we all know we need it, but we don't get enough of it. You know, I think a general rule of thumb when it comes to hydration is about half your body weight in ounces. And uh, I, I talked to a lot of our golfers with regards to this, especially for golfers that walk. You know, I always kind of tell our golfers or any athletes to weigh yourself before an activity and then weigh yourself after. OK, and then if you lose, let's say, three pounds um, after you weighed yourself after the activity, replace those three pounds for every pound of uh, weight you lost, replace it with about eight to 12 ounces of fluid. And I'm not talking about replace it with eight to 12 ounces of soda or an energy drink or anything like that, like water or even maybe like um maybe even a little bit of Gatorade or G2 or everything like that, that maybe has a little bit of electrolyte balance there to help kind of restore that. I definitely think that can go a long way in helping you kind of sustain some of those levels there. I think thirst is a poor indicator for hydration. If you're thirsty, usually it's an indication that you're already a little dehydrated and that couldn't be even more so the case on the course. I think a lot of golfers are dehydrated when they're on the course and they don't realize it, right? And so I think if you can be very, very mindful, maybe uh, uh, overhydrate a little bit before you get on the course so that you can kind of maintain some those that, that hydration level as the sun kind of beats down on you a little bit and then maintain that on the course i think that becomes crucial right so again general rule of thumb when it comes to hydration is half your weight in body uh half your body weight in ounces right and then again if you're going out on activity playing 18 36 holes whatever that looks like weigh yourself before the activity weigh yourself after and then for every pound loss replace it with about 8 to 12 ounces of, of water i think that goes a long way in just helping maintain um, tissue health as well a lot of these nagging injuries you know a lot of these things can kind of happen just from uh, an imbalance of just recovery strategies so i think when you utilize these strategies they become really really important for overall health because right, I think the important part is longevity. We can we want to play golf for a certain amount of time for a long time, right? But if we're not taking care of the basics, 
basic sleep, nutrition, and hydration, and we want the next recovery strategy, next recovery tool, then I think we're having a, we're overlooking something that can be a massive, massive opportunity to improve your performance. And so not only improve, like, like you talked about, we always improve, want to improve our performance on the course, but how does it improve your quality of life as well, right? If you know you're, you're getting good meals, you're getting good sleep, your hydration's on point, that's ultimately just going to make you feel better overall. So, you know, I think golf is, is just a, an added benefit to that in addition to what you're doing from a day-to-day standpoint. So I definitely think, you know, as much as we focus so much on recovery, recovery strategies, what should I do here? Should I get a massage? Should I use this percussion gun? Should I use this, these compression boots? These are all great recovery modalities, but I think the low-hanging fruit that we have a tendency to overlook or that at least we see a lot in our office um, and, and clients and golfers that work with us is that we just don't prioritize sleep. We don't prioritize a good, healthy, nutrition, balanced meals. Um, and we don't prioritize hydration for whatever reason, like as much as, you know, we, we think we're drinking enough water, maybe we're not right. And maybe you need to kind of do like, Hey, eight ounces for an, like eight ounces every hour before you go to bed. And that's a good way to kind of just try and get as much hydration as you can. Right. Again, you don't want to go too far where you all of a sudden you're consuming too much water. But again, what's the bare minimum? And again, that's why I think consulting with your doctor, consulting with people who are very, very well versed in these kind of recovery strategies become important so that you have an idea as to what works best for you, because that's important. We can give these general guidelines and general framework. But if it's not specific to you, then we need to make sure that we can make sure it's customized uh, directly and how it impacts you and not just a broad um, general population. So, uh, again, I know like recovery, there's a lot of different facets, facets to recovery. But ultimately, I think when we focus on the big three, sleep, nutrition, hydration, ultimately, that's going to allow us to feel better. It's going to allow us to feel like we can kind of sustain our energies and not have a lot of these highs and lows and ebbs and flows of energy throughout the day. And ultimately, it's just going to improve our quality of life. And so um, I, I, you know, I always kind of tell people who are asking, hey, what's the next thing I should get? Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, the, the first conversation I need to ask is I asked about these three things. And if those three things aren't in line, we don't even talk about what, what other recovery modalities we, we utilize. We just kind of focus on this stuff first. And then once we start to kind of get this under control, be a little more consistent with that, then we add in some of these other, other ancillary things that I think could help kind of get them over the top. So if you have any questions about recovery, let us know, guys. We'd be happy to help. Um, it's, it's something that we spend a lot of time in. It's a lot. It's, a, it's, a, it's something we spend a lot of conversations with our golfers with regards to how best to improve their ability to have their body work best for them on the course, but also when they're done off the course. And so I think, you know, these topics are really, really important because they're just topics that we don't, I think, spend a lot of time in, or at least don't spend enough time on when it comes to discussion and performance on the course. So uh, if you guys have any questions, drop us a line and we'll talk to you guys on the next Pain-Free Golf Performance episode. Hey, thanks so much again for listening to this week's episode of the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. If you enjoy the content of the show, we would love it if you left a review to be able to help us expand our ability to provide you with the golf information you are seeking. If you're listening to the show and are dealing with aches, pains, or issues from golf that haven't fully resolved, then let us know how we can help. Whether you're local or not, you can work with us through our pain-free golf performance program, which can be tailored to someone who's virtual or someone who's in person. This program is customized fully to you and your goals of playing your best golf yet. We assess how well you move to give us a baseline of what you can do. And then based on that assessment, come up with a training program best suited for your needs. We are offering a special podcast promotion, which gives you access to this program at a reduced rate. You can inquire by going to manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf and use the promo code podcast when inquiring so we can help you feel better and play better golf. Be sure to tune into next week's episode.